welcome to this week's episode of Stinkcast. So today we're joined by Julia Bismuth. Julia is a management student who started her own design uh, company or fashion brand while she's been at university, which is called Zeb Paris. Definitely worth checking out. They make some stunning one-off pieces, uh, particularly specializing in bags. So she works personally with all of these artists to make these amazing pieces. Um, she tells us a little bit about how she started um, when she realized that this was an idea that she might be able to progress some of the difficulties that she's faced from starting her own brand and also the hopes and aspirations that she has for Zed moving forward. So if you're at all entrepreneurially minded, definitely an episode worth checking out. So uh, Julia started her own brand, which is Zed, but instead of me giving an introduction, it's going to be a lot more interesting if we just let her talk a little bit about um, what she's been doing and a uh, quick introduction to her brand. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Um, no I'm, so I'm the founder of Zed. Um, I started this brand about two years ago. Um, uh, I was in my first year at LSE and I really wanted to throw myself into a, a project I knew I could never start. Um, when I had finished my studies. So I took all the time I had in my first year and I put it into this uh, very artistic driven company. Um, and what we basically do is we create unique pieces. So I work with a community of artists who customize uh, pieces. Uh, so mostly we do mostly bags. We're known for our bags, but we also work on jackets and each piece is unique and it's to me, the goal was to create um, pieces that could be worn without the fear of knowing thousands of other people are wearing the same thing out there. And I think it's very much the Zara, you know, culture. And mm -hmm. um, I really wanted to offset that. And um, so, yeah, here we are um, almost two years later and we've created over a hundred pieces. I work with eight artists now. Um, work with photographers, videographers. It's, it's been really crazy and I'm very glad to be here to talk about it today. Absolutely, yeah. And we'll obviously put a link down there so people can check out what you're doing because it is very individual and you get the impression that these are one-off pieces. Um, how did you decide on the aesthetic that you went for in the end? Um, what do you mean? So your bags, if you look at these, they do look like very one-off pieces that almost like art that's put onto the bag. Um, how did you how did you decide that that's what you wanted to make? Did you have a really clear uh, Im uh, image in your head at first or did you find designers and then decide you like that? Oh, so what I did um, was I actually my mom is uh, her name is Zed. So she inspired the, the brand and she's a she's a painter. So the idea came from her because I've watched her paint since I was very young. And um, in the process of wanting to create something, um, I thought about her and I had already asked her, like, you should paint on bags and sell them. It would be really cool. And she painted on them, but she never, uh, she never cared about selling them. And I thought, okay, that's where I come in. So that's what I started doing. So I started working with her at first. And then I reached out on public Facebook groups uh, saying I was looking for artists who wanted new experiences. And... I very fast got answers and I started working with three other artists um, and they have different visions. The goal is to work with artists who have completely different styles so that people can recognize them uh, on the new collections, you know, mm -hmm. and um, it's very much open to, I let them do whatever they want on the pieces. Of course I have to um, give a, like a, a pass because at the end of the day, I'm the one selling the pieces and shooting them and I'm, 
um, in contact with the clients. So I have to perfectly know the pieces and why everything was done on them. But uh, yeah, mostly it's, it's them. I, I never customize the pieces. I'm not an artist. I know I get confused with them a lot, but um, I, I mostly am the, the platform uh, connecting everybody within Zed but the, the pieces, I, I never customized them, yeah. Amazing, so when you started, obviously you had the influence from your mum, but you were quite open to different artistic styles then from different artists. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. And uh, so originally you started with three artists and how many are you working with all together now? Uh, so now we have like two, two types of artists. Uh, there's artists that I work with uh, during the whole year. So I work with um, five different artists during the whole year now. And um, I've worked with two other artists. We did like special collaborations. So it's artists that work on other projects during the year, but they wanted to connect with us for a few pieces for a certain period of time. So that's what we did. So yeah, um, seven artists, exactly. Wow. Um, and you mentioned that you found those artists through Facebook groups as well then. So um, how would you go about that when you wanted to reach out? Were you just literally looked for groups that you like the art from and then approach people or were you making public posts? Um, I actually did something, <clears throat> sorry, I actually, I actually um, did something quite original. I just uh, texted public groups of LSE students, UCL students, King students, uh, because I knew they could relate to my project more um, and they could feel more connected to me as well. Um, so that's what I did at first. And then for um, a few other artists, I texted them on Instagram, honestly. I saw their stuff and I thought, wow, that's really cool. I'd love to work with them. And I texted them and... We started working together. That's really interesting. So you're benefiting. It seems like it's quite a it's a movement that was based in university then, and I guess you get to benefit from being surrounded by other creative people who have who are looking to gain some experience um, during their time at university, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of people, I think, start brands when they're at university. I know people that might start T-shirts and stuff like that, but not a lot of people get to the two-year stage and see so much growth in their company. Um, what kind of reaction did you get at first from, you know, friends that you were surrounded by and family when you said that you were going to start up the business? Um, they thought it was very ambitious. And um, my family, like, knew that it could go far because I could take it far, but most people that didn't know me, they were like kindly smiling and saying, oh, that's nice, you know, but uh, yeah, now I'm taking way more seriously than I was before because people know that uh, I work on it every single day and that it's, it's getting more and more serious as well. Like uh, we sell more and more bags. So like more and more people are seen wearing mm -hmm. them as well. Um, we grew a, a community as well on Instagram. Um, and yeah, it, it went from, people that wanted to see how it would go to people like knowing that Zed is only the story is only beginning you know absolutely and you mentioned that um you've grown a community on Instagram how crucial would you say the online social following and the use of social networks is in, in growing a brand like yours so so huge so important I, we I have no store so we sell online so Basically, um, I do promotions on Instagram, of course, to try and reach new people that are interested in art. But I'd say that uh, for now, there are also people that I know who've bought pieces, but 70% of our sales are people from Instagram that I don't know. Uh, so for example, uh, recently, um, a girl from Germany bought four bags because she loved them and she stumbled upon our, our Instagram through promotions 
that's crazy. I never would have met her uh, either in Paris or LSE in London. And it's crazy that I could reach her through Instagram. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, normally you would think with brands as you're starting up, you a lot of it would be local sales. But now with the use of platforms like Instagram, those initial first sales can be almost just as likely to come from Germany, for instance, as they could be from somebody at university, which is really interesting. Um, you mentioned as well there that that was sort of a promotion that you put out. People seem to have very mixed, um, mixed experiences with things like paid Facebook promotions or Instagram promotions. Uh, what's your experience been with those so far? I think that it's been very, I think I've used them fairly, uh, if I can say it, because I never bought followers, for example. Um, and I think that can be, that of course, that can be triggering to see brands like having 200,000 followers, but like 30 likes on their pictures. It's kind of mm -hmm. weird. Um, but I, I do promotion. So what I do is um, I basically pay for people who have specific interests to see our photos, photos I choose, of course and um, they choose to subscribe or not to um, our, to follow us Sorry, uh, on Instagram. It's really their choice. So it's nothing uh, su superficial, it's nothing fake. Um, and I think it's very beneficial because either way, even though people don't follow, um, they still see what you do. So in four years, if they stumble upon a piece, maybe they'll remember it and be like, I saw this somewhere. You know, and that's something also very important to me. It's that it clicks for people. Our pieces are unique. I know it. I know that, um, for example, when I walk down the street with a bag, people stare. And that's what I'm aiming at with promotions. I want people to remember them, even though they don't buy, it's fine. But just so that they know we're out there, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's interesting because it seems like um, quality and engagement is more important than sheer numbers. Um, so I think advertising is quite a difficult thing. If you put something in front of someone while they're scrolling through their social media feed and they don't want to see it, they can always be put off that brand. And it's quite difficult to make sure you're putting yourself in front of people that go, actually, you've interrupted me with an ad, but I do really like the look of that and I'm going to go click and buy something. Um, which I, I think that's great. So it seems like maybe one of the reasons for your success so far could be a, a solid understanding and a good use of social media to promote your brand then. We try to, but Honestly, promotions, it's been very tough. Sometimes uh, you put a huge amount of money on a post to promote it and you only get three new subscribers, no sale. Uh, it can be very disappointing. So it's also a struggle to find uh, who may be interested in your pieces. And uh, on some posts, you can get many followers, but no sale linked to it. So what's the link? How do you exactly focus on the people um, that are going to talk about your brand as well? It's very very complicated. Mm -hmm. And what would you say for people listening, what's been some of the least effective methods that you've used for promoting that you wouldn't necessarily go back to or try again? Mm. I'd say a very unspecific promotions. Like you can select uh, the interests that people show on their socials. Um, and if you only put, for example, so in my case, I started putting only interest in bags. You have basically like 10 million, 10 million people um, that are potentially going to see your post. It's so, it's so vague. Like maybe they're interested in bags, but sports bags, who knows? Like it's, it's, it's too vague. So you have to be very focused. And that's also the difficult part about it. It's that maybe you're going to try 10 different promotions that are very specific and only one of them is going to work. So you have wasted some money on the nine first 
but at the end of the day, the last one, you're going to know it's a strong promotion and you can use it afterwards on as many posts as you want. And then I guess early on, it's about figuring out what works for your brand then. So you need to take a slightly more scattergun approach and then define what actually is working. Um, well, I think that sounds, I think basically targeted advertisement, as soon as you can figure out your niche, it seems like that's when you can start to get some wins from that. Okay. Um, and so over the last couple of years then, from now until uh, since when you started, what would you say are some of your biggest successes that you've had that stick in your mind? Um, one of the things I'm, I'm most proud of, I would say, is people I've never met that have never heard about us that just buy from the internet, honestly. Like, for example, I talked about the, the girl from Germany. It, it stuck to me so much. She ordered a piece, a personalized one. So uh, we basically like exchanged emails and she said, I'd like that on my, uh, on my bag. Could you put my initials on it? That's something very personal. And we send it to her. And um, one week after she orders three more bags and wow, it's like, to me, that's a success because we spent a lot of time on it, uh, both me and the artists that work on it. Mm -hmm. And um, she received it and she was so happy about it that she bought more. And I, she bought it not because of me, not because she knows me, not, not about like, just because she liked our product. And that's something that I'm so proud of, honestly, and the artists as well, like they're, when we call each other, when I call them to tell them we, we sold a piece, we, it's, it's amazing always. And so that's actually interesting. Something we've heard before from somebody else that started their own brand was about this need for, especially nowadays where everything's very public, a need for really positive customer service. Um, and that almost seems to fit in there. They've asked you to do something that's um, to personalize that. And from doing that and giving them a good experience, they've instantly come back and bought, you know, three times what they bought originally. Um, do you find that that's important elsewhere where you're working? Do you have other bits where you need to have very high levels of customer service? I would say um, customer service is the biggest touch point. It's the biggest um, connection you're going to have with your client. So you have to make it the, the best for them. So from the moment they start talking to you, whether it's um, on Instagram, by email, uh, wherever and however they do it, uh, you have to try and make the best exchange you can make out of it so that they feel understood. They feel like you're trying to uh, do the best for them and that you're trying to, be, to provide the best service for them as well. I think it's a really dangerous time as well for people that aren't necessarily aware of that because, you know, you always have that risk of ending up on Depop drama or um, somebody taking a photo and, and showing that to a thousand people who then decide that they don't necessarily want to interact with your brand. Um, and so a lot of your stuff, so a lot of it would go online. You'd see people that would buy from Instagram, but do you do a lot of um, sales that are in person as well? For now, we did only two. Um, uh, both of them, I did them in my home. So um, it's also nice to do them in Paris because um, I'm in London during the whole year. So it's nice to also show people that it's Z Paris and that mm -hmm. even though I'm not always in Paris, where mm -hmm. like it's our heart, it's the... Um, it's really where um, everything Z-wise works. And most of our artists also uh, are based in Paris. So it's nice for them to be able to meet uh, potential clients. So during, for the launch of the summer collection, we did it. And most of the artists were able to come and to talk with clients that had specific questions. And it was so nice for me also to be able to watch that uh, because um, yeah, it's just months of work for collections and exchanges with uh, the artists and then people get to see their work and they get to 
talk to them directly. So it's pretty nice. We, we're going to try to do definitely more um, sales in like physical, you know, mm-hmm. but um, it's, it's easier and of course cheaper to do it online as well because everything is on one platform. So um, I'm able from Shopify, uh, we, we use Shopify as a, um, as a platform for a website. Um, I can manage everything on it and then people just scroll through our website and they get all the information they need straight away. And you mentioned there as well that these shows have been, um, they've been in Paris. Do you think you've benefited as a brand being, um, you know, being located in somewhere that is so strongly associated with being the, the heart of fashion? I think for French people, not really, but I feel that for, uh, yeah, definitely for, for people that are not from France, it's like, it's Paris, it's chic, it's elegant. Um, and I, I think they, people might suppose that I have a bigger sense of style than most people, which is not necessarily true. I don't know, but uh, yeah, definitely Paris is, is uh, associated with a uh, great sense of fashion style. So definitely. Nice. I think the British as well, we can be easily dazzled. So we could see that and think, right, I want some of that. Um, nice. Uh, it seems like obviously you've come a long way from two years ago to what you're doing now. And you seem to have learned a lot along that way as well. Um, do you feel a lot of what you've learned was informed by your degree because you're doing a management degree? Or do you feel like it could have potentially been the other way around where you feel like you've learned more in the real world that you can apply to your degree? Um I've thought about it a lot because it's a, it's a question I ask myself a lot um, because of course, like uh, studying at LSE has a, a huge cost. Um, and I would say it's my degree has brought me the skill also of being open and um, thinking about what I do more, but the experience I get from my day to day life is worth much more, but I wouldn't have been able to acquire it without my education. I'm 100% sure about it. Um, I, even though sometimes I'm, I'm lost and um, I don't know things, um, I've learned how to, uh, how to look for answers, for example, you know? So it's more like uh, my education is the method and now I'm applying it in real life. That's really interesting. So even if the stuff you've done, your degree doesn't specifically apply to what you're doing, you've learned the tools for self-education and for education that you can apply to problems that you're facing um, with Zed. And what would you say are some of the biggest difficulties you have, um, you know, you have had to face as a brand since starting up? I would say, I would say probably the, the vision that people have about, um, being young and starting a company. Um, I've mostly felt it, not from customers, but from people I've worked with that are older. Um, They get uh, condescending very fast. And I, now I I understand, like I'm only 20, who the hell am I? (laughs) You know, I I can definitely understand it. Um, But I've, I always have to prove myself more than somebody that's older than me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, get, it gets a bit tiring because um, I know that I'm able to do what I'm doing right now. And sometimes it's hard for me to uh, hear, for example, like a lot of people uh, think the brand is my mom's and now it makes me laugh. But at first I was like, what am I doing wrong? You know, And 
I've learned that it's just normal and I roll with it and I laugh about it. And yeah, I keep on working also to prove that it's, it's my brand and uh, I'm the one working on it every day to, to make it grow. And I guess at a certain point, the brand begins to talk to talk for itself. I imagine a few years ago when you started and you hadn't had as much experience or you hadn't had um, the, the same level of, um, you haven't had the product to show, it would have been more difficult. Whereas now you've actually proven that you've progressed. Um, does that make it easier? Or do you still find that even when people have seen you've been doing it for a couple of years, they can be condescending? Um, I think it's, there's also two perspectives. Uh, what I see from the inside and what people see, for example, on our Instagram, um, 100%, uh, it's easier now because we started uh, with two, two bags only, which is so little, you know? Uh, but I'm that kind of person that if I was, I was sure about that project and I wanted to throw myself into it and I was only working with my mom. So I thought, let's start with two bags and we'll see afterwards how it goes, you know? So that's what we did. And um, now we have, as I said, over a hundred pieces customized, uh, less pieces on the website, of course, because we do uh, personalized pieces on the side. But um, when we did the launch for the summer collection uh, in my home, uh, people were, even I, when I was setting up my living room, me and my mom looked at each other and were like, wow, we actually have that many pieces. We didn't even realize because I'm stocking like everything in my bedroom, but people came in and they saw all the pieces and, and they were like, okay, this is serious. Like you have a hell of many pieces, you know? So even on Instagram, people see all the posts, uh, the um, consistency also of the posting, the stories, uh, the interaction we try and create with uh, our followers. And I think that, yeah, people, people acknowledge it as well. Absolutely. And would you say, is this something you see being full-time? Uh, full Do you want to turn this into a career for, after finishing university? 100%. Yeah. Amazing. Um, and what would you say, so say for the next year, what are your main aims? What do you want to achieve in that time? I would say, um, of course, if I do it after LSE, I, I want to be able to live off of it, you know, um, which is not uh, the case right now. Um, I've, we, so we've made profits already, but I haven't, uh, earned a penny out of it for now. Um, and that's, it might sound crazy, but it's just, it makes me happy every day to work on it. I wake up in the morning and I think about it and I open my computers and I answer all my emails and I'm happy. And, uh, when I'm very stressed or when there's disappointment, I don't really care uh, at the end of the day because I genuinely am passionate about it. So mm -hmm. I just hope to keep, you know, that feeling uh, of just loving and love, loving doing it because it's, I've realized in the past months how important it is, you know, to love what you do. So yeah, if I can live off of it and just be happy, what else would I need, you know? absolutely yeah I can appreciate that I know when you end up I've done jobs in the past that I haven't necessarily enjoyed and it makes a nine to five a lot longer not enjoying that than let's say if you're working extra hours and you're doing a seven to seven it still goes quicker than hating a nine to five um so yeah I think it's great that you found something that you, you really enjoy and it looks like it has a lot of potential as well um amazing I think we're sort of coming to the end of our allotted time but it would be good if we could finish on a, what advice would you give to someone in a similar position at your, uh, as yourself that was at university and has this creative output that they want to um, invest in I would say um 
don't be scared of failing. And the worst thing that ha that might happen is that it just doesn't work. But there's no risk of starting, you know. And everybody starts as a beginner. Even my even myself. When I hear uh, when I heard you, for example, saying uh, it's been two years, it's still weird to me because I feel like day one still, you know. But one day I decided to start, and nobody knew Zed, and I started talking about it, and then people started hearing about it, and then you work through it, you know, and just, yeah, just don't be scared because I know so many people that have so many great ideas and they, they're just too afraid to launch uh, their brands or their products or whatever they want to create. Uh, if you're passionate about dancing, create a, a dancing uh, account on Instagram and share uh, your passion for it. Whatever you're, you're passionate about, just share it with the world and worst thing that happens as i said is you just enjoyed yourself but it didn't work out i think that was great and very uplifting advice so i'm not even going to try to add anything because I'll, I'll probably bring it down and put a sour yeah. note on it that sounds absolutely amazing yeah um thank brilliant much. thank thank you very much for joining us really appreciate your time um it's been really interesting and we wish you the best obviously for everything with um with your brand moving forward thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure